0: Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. So I want to share about that big idea the hiding God. And uh, in some lead up to the book of um, Esther, uh, which is a part of um, the recovery books, you've got um, the book of uh, Ezra uh, and the book of Nehemiah. Um, So Esther's there as well. And uh, something that is very interesting about the book of Esther is did you know that God is not mentioned in the book of Esther? Isn't that striking? There's no mention of God in the book of Esther, but we're going to see this morning that uh, he is so in on that scene with the young virgin orphan bride and uh, the story that begins to unfold with her cousin who raised her, Mordecai. But just for a bit of context, we um, can study the scripture and uh, when we compare scripture with scripture, things really make sense. And when you think about this thing of God not being mentioned in the book of Isaiah, think, well, how can we understand that and what's going on there? Well, the book of Isaiah in the passage, Isaiah 45, if you want to turn there with me, shows how God is the hiding God in this time of the children of Israel's captivity. Um, so I just want to read this verse to you this morning. I love it. So Isaiah 45, verse 15, says this. Truly, you are God who hide yourself. O God of Israel, the Saviour. So I'll read that again. I love it. Truly, you are God who hide yourself. O God of Israel, the Saviour. And so if you turn back to the start of this passage... Uh, of this chapter, you see Cyrus mentioned. And uh, I just want to come back to that. But did you know that the children of Israel were taken out of their land, out of the promised land by the Babylonians? And the reason for this was because the children of Israel had got a bit naughty. And uh, their unbelief, their corruption, their idolatry, and therefore God, being the gracious Loving parent that he is, but in that needing to discipline them and correct them, said, Guys, you're going to have some time out. Time out in the land. That's what uh, I do with uh, a Nook. And uh, sometimes if Louise and I are getting in a robust conf- uh, conversation, she'll say, You need to go to time out. You know? <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> time out's a very great thing for considering how valuable something is. And so they need to learn that Um, again. So God, in His grace, as a loving parent He is, let them go into um, exile. And they were carried away by the Babylonians with Nebuchadnezzar. The temple was destroyed. And there was some discipline that came upon them. But God noticed what was happening. And uh, it's like the Babylonians went too far, too strong, too oppressive. And God said, "Hmm, that's enough now. And another kingdom came on the scene, the Persians. These fierce warriors, this um, powerful kingdom overtook and overrun uh, the Babylonian Empire. And so all of a sudden now, the people scattered abroad, uh, uh, the Israelites, are now under the um, dominion of the Persian Empire. And so... This is very stunning when we read this passage in Isaiah because this was prophesied about the Persian king even before he was born. And it says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. So this Persian king, God's calling him his anointed. Do you know Nebuchadnezzar was also called God's servant? So God in his providence, in his sovereignty, has a predetermined plan And he will always carry out his purpose. And sometimes he goes under the radar by stealth and he's on the move. So now this uh, amazing person, this instrument of God, would actually send a decree saying, you guys can now go back into your land. You've had 70 years time out. And uh, Daniel was in there interceding. Okay, God, these 70 years are up now. And so the people were allowed to go back to Israel, and that was led by Zerubbabel, who was of a descendant of King David, royal lineage there. And uh, in a second wave, Ezra came to reconstitute the people as a scribe, a skillful scribe. And then the cup bearer um, Nehemiah was there, who uh, became a governor and helped rebuild the walls. So there's a lot of typology and shadows and examples we can learn about the kingdom life today. Does that sound good? Awesome. But there's this other amazing character, a woman, um, who really embraced her calling. And her name, Esther, And we're going to explore that in a moment. But how about we pray together? Sound good? All right. Well, thank you so much, God, for today. It's a beautiful day here in sunny Adelaide. And uh, Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for uh, the the amazing... um, Moms in this community and mother heart in this community and your amazing parental guidance in our lives. And uh, we just thank you, Jesus, that you are on the move. And and though we don't always understand your ways, you are in uh, a, you are in charge, Lord. You are sovereign. And uh, Lord, we really uh, get excited about this idea of you being the hidden God today in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, I'm a dad of two, and I take my girls down to the adventure playground where I live, Port Nalunga. Come on, there's some adults that sometimes go down there. I saw a guy doing some chin-ups there with a personal trainer, so place for everyone. But definitely, um, you know, I'm a bit of a hiding parent sometimes, uh, and I'm watching a nook, you know, sometimes. Like, if I just wanted to uh, go the next level, I uh, just sort of hide behind the scene, let her climb up, um, but, you know, it's, uh, it gets pretty full on sometimes, you know. feel a bit like, uh, you know, it's like I'm a secret uh, agent. You know, Who, who's seen the Princess Protection Program, Netflix with Selena Gomez? Come on, come on. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Marty. Yes. <laughs> Don't you look? Where's Russell? Where's he? You've seen her. I know you have. <laughs> and uh, there's these princesses and there's these people in the background kind of watching over that no one um, abducts them or, you know, uh, takes them hostage. And, uh, yeah, you can watch it. It's I've watched it a few times. It's one of our favorite um, uh, sh- uh, movies. And there I am, you know, the Princess Protection Program with the nook and just wanted to grow and, and develop and go the next level. sometimes in the background. But being the, uh, you know, um, caring parent I am, I, I don't want to get hurt. And sometimes it's like, you know, God will help me out. It's like, you know, five-year-old like Barney, 11 o'clock on roller skates, you know, Barney the dinosaur, coming out your daughter, move in now! And I'll like, have to quickly go grab a nook and uh, get her out of there and I'm doing like, you know, um, slight, like this commander crawling up, um, uh, you know, slippery dips to try and protect Eliza from falling down head first. And if you're ever just like not sure if it's something's questionable when you're a parent, just ask yourself this question. I do it all the time. What would this look like on the front page of the advertiser? <laughs> and then that just—it's just okay. All right, I'm going to be okay. Say so that, skin. Excellent, beautiful. So she's definitely grown in that area. I love um, reading through the Book of Esther. I read through it yesterday and reading um, some uh, uh, theological material on it. And uh, one writer said it's very clear that the Book of Esther is in two sections with this um, hidden God. And the first section is the um, secret care of God. And the other section is the um, open salvation. And I love in God's uh, providence how there's this secret care. Sometimes you might be asking yourself a little bit like the children of Israel in captivity, God, where are you? I cannot see you. Maybe they were saying that. the Babylonians, aha, you Jews, you... Don't have your God. Where's your God, Jehovah? I can't see him. You're under our authority. You're our slaves and uh, mocking them. But, you know, we know that God is always there. He's omnipresent, isn't he? He's fully present even if we can't see what he's doing at that time. And not only is he omnipresent everywhere, even when we don't feel it or we can't see the manifestation of that, He is always round about us. Um, and He's omni, oh, sorry, omnipotent. He's all-powerful. So even when an evil plot would come against us or something is happening that we don't understand, it's perplexing, we're vexed, we're disillusioned, we're disenfranchised. We know when that, that God is omnipotent. And so the hidden God is omnipresent, and he's omnipotent, and he is God, and he uh, is the one who did something quite amazing actually in the third reign of the king of Persia. Um, let's see, Ahasuerus, <laughs> you have to pronounce that. Um, so if you want to open up to the book of Esther, in the third reign of this king, Ahasuerus, he was having, would you believe, a sixth month celebration with very important people from abroad. Do you know his kingdom stretched as far as Ethiopia all the way to India. This was very prominent uh, in in, uh, world history. And uh, in his third year of his reigning, he um, had this... Incredible feast going on and on and on. And he, this idea when he's, he got a bit happy having some grape juice, he said, oh, I, I want to show my friends how beautiful my queen is, Queen Vasti. I want her to come out and uh, display her splendor for all to see. So he called the servants to go and fetch her. You know, I don't know if that's an appropriate word. Do you fetch a wife or call upon her? So the servants went and called upon her. But she was very important and she actually refused to come. And uh, I know that's not unusual, but but she refused to come. <laughs> and so, hey, come on, let's go come see my friends. I want them to see how beautiful you are. But she refused to come. Now, this was a very, very... Uh, awkward moment for the king and so he didn't know what to do and so he consulted with his friends he consulted um with them as to what to do about what had happened and one noble said well now that queen vesti's done that this means that you're actually going to have to fire her because <laughs> remove her as your wife, because now all the other ladies across the kingdom are going to do the same thing to their husbands. And so, oh, no, you know. So out the door she goes. She gets the boot. And, um, but, you know, the, there's something happened. The hiding God is doing something here, you know. And um, bless her soul. And we know that something's happening behind the scenes. God allowed that to happen. And the king gets very sad. He remembers Vasti, oh, you know, his queen, his wife. And so they decide to put on a contest to find a new wife. And so his uh, nobles go out to fetch all the beautiful virgins from across the land and bring them together for uh, a series of um, coming before the king for one night and finding out whether he, they were the one and so this happens there's a lot of preparation that goes into it and uh you know they're um smothered in myrrh and <laughs> perfumes a lot of preparation you can imagine uh you know what's going on there very involved and it so happens that Esther has chosen a young uh little orphan. Um, who was raised by her cousin, Mordecai, and she gets selected, and it so happens that she becomes the new queen. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that sweet? Come on, taste that forever, I show people. The hidden God allowed an orphan to come to such a prominent place, and uh, you know, this is incredible, these vessels that God chooses, and Mordecai loved her, and I love this verse in, um, uh, in uh, Esther chapter 2. You might just want to read it uh, with me. This is not just her beauty, but her personality, her character. Verse 20 of chapter 2. And this is like the, um, the ladies in this community have such, such a um, wonderful beauty and personality. I say that. I really mean it. Verse 20. Now Esther had not revealed her family. And her people, just as Mordecai had charged her, for Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai as when she was brought up by him. Awesome. So she was um, chased before Mordecai. Mordecai, to her, probably represented the Lord. And so she really submitted herself as a chaste uh, woman before uh, what she knew. And so she knew that if she was going with what his heart was and acting according to his heart that she'd be okay. But the hiding God through Mordecai said, hey, don't reveal you're a Jew. Keep that a secret. This is that sneakiness of God, that secretivity that he sometimes does. But I want to let you know that this Mordecai would go to the gates and he'd just be like, hey, how's it going with Esther? Can you just tell me how's she going up there? You know, it's the king looking after her and, you know, he's... uh, Uh, is she going all right and looking all right looking healthy stuff like that and uh, she would just be checking making sure things are going okay down at the king's gate watching out for his um his spiritual daughter a very sweet moment and this is the hidden god doing that caring secretly caring for Esther. just such a small little pivotal person would change the whole direction of human history come on and I just want you to keep in that mind. Just this weak, vulnerable person would, you know, but the hidden God, this looking after his, his people, his seed, the Jews, Jesus would later come from. I love it. I love God. He, he, he can deal with such fragile things. Come on. All right, getting my preaching on there. Um, <laughs> just doing a bit of teaching at the moment. But um, Mordecai so happened that he heard. Asked something one time, you know, secretive again. Secretive again. He heard these two um, servants of the king who were actually doorkeepers saying saying something probably a bit like this. I hate that king. Oh, he irritates me. He thinks he's so important. Going around with his crown, like, I'm the king of Persia. Oh. So annoying. I can't believe that he spat on me for just, you know, being two seconds too late to open the door. Oh, yeah, you know. I think this guy should just we should just get him out of there. Come on, like, you know, you've got friends in high place. I got I reckon we could do something. Let's let's kill him. Let's let's just poison him. And so they, they get together and they're like scheming, scheming, scheming. There's this plot against the king, who's Esther's husband. But Mordecai hears this, he says, Hmm, this is like he's probably thinking, Oh, this is not good. This is not good. What am I gonna do? Oh, I know, I'll tell Esther she can report it. So he let. Let's Esther know what had happened. And then the um, king finds out, executes those servants, and things uh, seem at peace. But there's this other plot unfolding. And it's so much like in our lives that the enemy, the our adversity, has a plot against us to ruin God's kingdom momentum. And it so happens that the second in command to the king of Persia uh, by the name of Haman uh, was Haman. Haman? Hainan? Hainan. Pr- pronunciation isn't my strong point. Hainan. <laughs> Hainan was um, actually a uh, very boastful, very obnoxious, arrogant man. And what happened was he actually got it so that um, everyone, wherever he went, would bow down to him and pay homage to him. And so obviously Mordecai's favorite hangout spot was at the gate of the king. And so when Hainan went past, uh, you know, he would expect that this... Jewish man Mordecai would bow to him but being a Jew he refused and did not bow to Hanun and this irritated Hanun something chronic it uh you know got under his skin and you know he'd go home and he'd uh, be having a bath and Mordecai's face would appear you know right there I hate that guy and so he develops a plot and he goes to his king and says I because he finds out that this guy's a Jew there's a people out there in captivity in the provinces and they are they have different laws and they've got this God and I reckon we should annihilate them and just get them out of the way and the king's like very well take my signet ring and it gets approved now when Mordecai hears about this he's devastated this is the enemy's plan to wipe out the Jews to take them out to annihilate them and so he puts himself in cloth, and he's just distraught, wailing, probably, "Ah!" And uh, when Esther finds out, she's devastated as well. But then begins this dialogue between the spiritual father, Esther, of what should be done, what should happen. And this, the hidden God is using these two in relationship that something would come about, that there would be hope. And it is Esther realizes that the only way to get out of this is to go before the king of Persia and to reverse this um, decree. However, if you just go before the king of Persia, whoever you are uninvited, you can die if he doesn't hold out the golden scepter. And so she's trying to figure out what do I do? And she, and you know, there's that famous verse, who knows God has raised you up for such a time as this? You know, with God, he has timing, doesn't he? And in, isn't his providence at the right time? And that Hebrew word kairos, there's just this defining moment. But what about all the preparation and build up character, submissiveness, sweetness before? God, that is important that at that moment, you could be a pivotal person in your generation. That had you not prepared, had you not embraced, you may miss that. And, and that's why he says, if you don't do it, God will do it through someone else. And don't think that you're not going to perish. So my question even to you guys this morning, I would say is, God is sovereign. But we've got a personal responsibility. So if not you, then who? Someone else will do it. Don't waste a moment of time. Guys, I, I, I don't even like to waste five minutes of my time. I know, I'm intense. <laughs> uh, I, I schedule in impromptu things to do. So, yeah. <laughs> Guys, this is so sweet. This is so beautiful. Now, one night, the king of Persia couldn't sleep and the the hidden God again allowed this to happen. Um, you know, the king's probably in bed. He's like, oh, I'll try this side, or I'll try this side. Or, uh, uh uh, no, I won't say what it's gonna say. Um, <laughs> I'll try closing my eyes, counting, you know, camels. No, it's not gonna work. <laughs> I know, I'll think about, I'll just imagine my treasury room. Oh yeah, that's so good. You know. <laughs> I'm one rich dude. <laughs> but he just couldn't get to sleep. So I was like, oh, all right, yep, go grab the Chronicle. That'll put me to sleep. So they're reading through the Chronicle. And then the story comes up about how Mordecai had delivered, well, reported the incident with the servants and saved him from being assassinated. It's like, that is flipping awesome. What should we do for that guy? You know, how should we honor him? And uh, it's just contemplating that and so what happens though it so happens that at that moment the enemy of the jews hanan who by the way was a race that king saul was supposed to wipe out just a thought for you now the enemy's going to the door like, so i'm going to go see my friend my um my boss my uh my king uh because i actually want to um kill kill mordecai i want and and i'm going to hang him and you know, I'm just going to ask for permission straight out. I know it's a bit awkward and a bit weird, but I just want this guy out of the way. He's really, really getting to me. And so he goes to the door to, you know, and he goes through. And it's like, and the king's like, hey, Hanan, what's going on? You know, uh, and Hanan's like, uh, oh, yeah, hi, hi. What, what's going on? Why are you so happy? He's like, what should we do? A bit like this. <laughs> what should we do? How should we honor, the, honor someone who's been so good to the king? And Hanan actually thought that the king was talking about him. So he said, you know, let him wear a robe that the king's worn and ride on a horse that the king's ridden and let everyone know how amazing this person is as they go through the streets saying, this is how they're going to, someone who um, is so amazing, you know, and awesome and powerful and rich uh, is, you know. But Hanan didn't realize and the king goes, all right, that's a great idea for Mordecai, hey. is like, oh, you know, he's probably on his way home, dying a thousand deaths. And, um, you know, in fact, he, he put a cover over his head and ran home like, oh! <laughs> you know. So this is pretty pretty weird guy. But the enemy absolutely and intensely hates you. He hates you. Um, but we're going to see that there's two plots happening but God, in His providence, even uses the enemy's plot so that good comes out of it. And uh, in His hiddenness, the hiding God is caring for us and watching over us. This princess protection program is happening. You know, this royal, royal to the royalty that we are, He loves us. So sometimes... You can't see him, can you? But he's doing things behind the scenes. Things are building up. Things are happening. And this God is so on our side, even when we can't feel that in our heart, when we believe it. And when we don't see it yet, it's not revealed yet, what I want to encourage you to do is enjoy him as the hiding God. Go into the hidden place. Go into the secret place and and listen to him. Find out what he's doing. And you'll feel so safe even when there's scheming against you. You're feeling that from the enemy. You know what I'm saying. And I love it because he is uh, developing something that is going to lead up to this climax and a grand crescendo for his glory. Because this God is the God that puts kings on thrones and removes them. Raises up one kingdom and brings down another kingdom. This God is the God that has chosen you. You are called and it's for his glory. And he will foster and protect his glory. Because everything, as Graham Cook says, leads to majesty in the end. Everything Will happen in its time in his way, and uh, you know, I love this so much. And now we're going to move into looking at just briefly the open salvation because what happens is Esau goes before the king, and bang, he holds out the golden scepter. It's like, What do you want to have? A, let's have a feast with Hanan. Have a feast. What do you want? Let's have another feast. So they have another feast. Hanan comes, and that's at that moment, that she says, This decree that's gone out, that on the 13th day of the 12th month, that all the Jews in all the provinces should be devoured by the enemy, destroyed by the enemy. I, I am so, so grieved because I am a Jew. <gasps> this moment, who's done, what, who's done this? What's going on? they realizes it's Hanan that is behind this. And so he gets hung on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. And Um, one thing leads to another and it ends up that Mordecai and Esther write a new decree of what will happen on that day that goes out throughout the land on swift steeds. This new decree that all the oppressors of the Jewish people should be destroyed. They have permission to destroy all their enemies. Come on. This open salvation now came about. Do you guys know that He is the one who's created the blacksmith and no weapon formed against you will prosper? And every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn. Isn't this good? And he's going to give you double for your trouble. And every curse spoken against you, he's going to reverse. Because this is how marvelous and hidden and incredibly mysterious our God is. Even if, G- if, they, if the principalities and powers knew what they were doing to Jesus on the cross, they would try to kill everyone that was trying to kill Jesus. I've heard one speaker say, this God is so amazing. I love this open salvation that happened. You know, Christ is in us. He's, we're hidden in Christ and He's in us. And when we go through life, people are watching us. They're wondering what's happening. And, and they think that we're, we're going to get wiped out, that we're going to get taken out. It's going to be all over Red Rover. But then, boom, God happens. I love that. Would you read this verse with me? I, I absolutely love this verse um, in Esther chapter 8. Verse 16, the Jews had light and gladness, joy, and honor. Isn't this awesome? This is after Mordecai himself being paraded and everyone um, seeing him. Can someone say upgrade. That's so good. Okay, then the, well, the, sorry, the Jews had light and gladness, joy, and honor. So good. And in every province, verse 17, and city, wherever the king commanded and decreed sorry, and decree, yep, came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a holiday. Then many of the people of the land became Jews because fear of the Jews fell upon them. When you're going through a hard time, guys, do you know how much glory it brings to God when He bails you out of it? Every setback is a setup for a greater comeback. And I love the verse in the Psalms that says that You know, he'll set your feet upon a rock and many will see it and they'll fear the Lord. It's so good. This open salvation is so powerful. But first would we be prepared to enjoy him and enjoy his secret care, this hidden God who's looking out for us and looking after us and is all about us. And he'll overthrow the wicked plots of the enemy and and he'll overturn things we won't be overcome by our enemies but we will overcome all our enemies and i welcome the band up guys today is a day for salvation it's a mother's day it's a day of light and joy and and gladness come on you know the bible says that salva- that now's the time of salvation your sal- your salvation is nearer than when you first believed and just in closing if you turn back to isaiah 45 which the Jews in exile would have known about. And as I'm turning there, I just want to tell a quick story. I, I went through a very bitter, very hard time in my life uh, when I was um, teaching in Wiler. But it happened in Adelaide. I was down in the holidays. It, wasn't, um, it was actually around this time of the year. Many years ago and uh, it involved a relationship issue and I uh, ha- happened down at Port Nolunga well near port nalunga sorry at a um at a certain beach and then afterwards uh or before um, we we're actually at a restaurant uh, well sorry a um cafe down in Port Portlunga and it's just that day was really hard for me and I, I felt really ripped off and really ruined and ashamed a little bit um and just dis- disappointed. And I went home and I read some passages, uh, a passage, sorry, from Isaiah. Um, Or it might have been when I was reflecting later on it. Sorry. Yeah, I think it was. And uh, God started to speak to me about your calling, your, your chosen, Ryan. And then it so happened that years later on, I think, that very same beach, I now go and have my devotion because I live not far from there. And I seek the Lord down at that beach. And every Saturday, we we go to Louise and I go to that cafe. God has met me in my vulnerability. God has saved me in my weakness, and God has turned a disappointment into a divine appointment. Because this is what He's like. He's the God of open salvation. So that before before. Me. God says, look how I have delivered you, Ryan. Look at how I've saved you and rescued you and looked after you all these years. And now what I promised you on, on that during that time of your pain, it is now being fulfilled because I've got a purpose for your life. And now every time you go down to that beach and pray and call upon me, it brings me so much glory and you begin to experience my power, Ryan. And my peace and my presence all about you. And that you now know that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And that one day when Christ appears, I also will appear with Him in glory. And I will know Him before His light and His radiance at this parousia. And I'll be beaming and glowing with Him because I know my God. And though others don't know Him round about me, and though others can't see Him, I know Him. I know He's here. I know He's powerful. I know He's real. And I live from that place. And I relate to Him. I have intimacy with Him. I enjoy Him. I'm a Jew in this land. I'm a Jew inwardly. So are you. We are the promised children. And had Esther not gone up front, had she not gone into before the king, it wouldn't have happened. Had she not made a decree, it wouldn't have happened. The children of Israel wouldn't have come back. The people wouldn't have rebuilt the temple. Christ would not have been born. But here we are today, a fulfillment, guys. But, you know, prophetically speaking, I feel that this morning we are to come before the Lord boldly into the secret place and to ask Him for greater salvation and deliverance in our respective families and homes that we would see the purpose of God fulfilled, even though it doesn't feel like it, even though there's heartache and a broken relationship, that we would see God's outcome come to fruition because of His predetermined plan. Because I tell you this, God is into household salvation, isn't He? He? Saved all those households throughout the providences. This is a very biblical doctrine, household salvation. But let's come before Him boldly. Let's make a decree that... This, this bitter day is going to be turned into a sweet day, like on the 13th day, the 12th month during this time. And that got extended to another day and later became a feast that the Jews would keep successively. It's going to turn this day of what was going to be death into a day of life. We're going to, we're going to come against the enemy's plot and believe In the hidden God and trust his secret care as our parents. Come on. Would you stand with me this morning? And I want to invite anyone, come on, God, it's good. I want to invite anyone who wants to just come before, you know, it might be very mild problems, but you just feel an unction to come before the Lord. You can come up to the altar and just begin to stand in His presence and speak out as you're singing. Something's going to happen. There's a new thing going to happen. God is going to change the direction of my family's history. He's going to do something new. Come on, we're singing about this this morning. We're singing, overthrown is the power of darkness when you came in your goodness and your kindness. Ha. You're a good, good father. Ha ha. Ha ha. You're a good, good father. Come on, guys. This is so good. So if you want to make a decree for your family this morning, just over your life, don't be shy. Just come out the front. And you're just going to make new ways of thinking and feeling about the situation. You're going to see something. You're going to experience the intimacy of the hidden God this morning. And everyone said, Amen.